Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. GMGP. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. It is Monday, July 31st, 2023. Y'all decided to wake y'all asses up with Ray G. And I appreciate you being here. We got a lot to talk about today. NFL training camp week one, like truly week one. We kind of did this last week, but true week one is underway. We got pads coming on for a bunch of teams around the league. And I'm happy y'all are here on this Monday. I hope y'all all had a fantastic weekend. We got in the building this morning. Job Webb in the building. Cold World TDE, what's happening with you, Craig, in the building, Shane, Joe, Dynasty, Barry, Seven, Goat Rings, Jimbo, Ricardo, Dynasty, Dumpster Fire, said, let's get it, baby, let's get it. Uh, who else we got in the building? Todd, I saw my girl Joe in the building, Ricardo in the building, and y'all know Jay Rich is in the back chilling right now. We made sure he was on mute today, so we didn't have any of the fiascos pre-show that we did on Monday, but it's going to be a good show. I'm very excited for uh, today's episode, and be excited about what we got cooking over here uh, at Destination Devi today on Destination Dynasty, Scott Connor was joined by JJ Zacharyson. So make sure you check out Mr. Airhorns himself, JJ, on the Destination Dynasty podcast. It's on the radio feed, found anywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, and we had a couple of people that sent in some super chats last Monday. I promise you, I'm not going to forget the super chats anymore. I'm a star, get them. But shout out to Dynasty Trades and Five who sent in a super chat last week. We appreciate all the things that you do and the support you show us over here at Destination Devi. Uh, what else do we have coming up this week? We got some new stuff coming back. Now that training camp is in full swing, the NFL season is here. It's something that I did a couple of years ago that I'm bringing back this year, and I'm really excited about it uh, because we get to track some of the things that are happening with the young players. Y'all know we love the young players over here at DD. So the rookie report is coming back this week where I'm only going to be focusing on rookies from training camp week one to week 18 of the 2023 NFL season every single week, just tracking and following the rookies, man. Kind of like my own little Netflix show, the quarterback show, but it's just rookies. Rookie report, the stars that we know, some underrated names, some underrated players, things of that nature, dropping back on the channel this week. So tap in to the Rookie Report. And uh, yeah, I got to bring in my brother from another mother. Jay Rich, how you doing this morning, baby? I'm good, Ray. I'm good. Uh, it's funny. I was just laughing in the background. You're talking about uh, the Rookie Report, produced by Netflix, hosted by Ray G uh, yeah. here on our YouTube channel. That's that's something. Uh, Ray, actually, breaking news. I was going to talk about it later, but you did bring up quarterback. Joe Burrow is going to be on quarterback season two. Um, it was reported by Dov Kleiman. So we will see this calf injury fallout. And we're not going to talk about it too much on the show because it is a little bit old news by now. But he will be on quarterback season two. So that should be pretty interesting. But I do want to ask you how your trip was to Mississippi because you were gone. And people need to know, man, you drove eight hours to be back here today for this show here yeah. with the people. So we didn't yeah. miss it. So happy to yeah. have you back. And I hope the people are happy to have you back as well. Jay, I'm committed. I'm committed to this thing, man. You know, we were going to come back mm -hmm. uh, today, and I was like, no, 
We got to come back. I got to be on the show. It's training camp week one. So, yeah, wife said, all right, if you want to be back, you got to drive the whole eight. So, uh, push <laughs> to be back. I'm hurting this morning, Jay. I still got my own. Yep. I don't even got pants on, Jay. I have no pants on right now. Legitimately, no pants on right now. Uh, once we're done, what? I'll probably get back in the bed. Uh, but I am excited, and we've got a lot to talk about, um, including a lot of uh, lot of interesting happenings over on Underdog. And, Jay, I'm going to just tell you right now, I think I've, I, I think I, fi- I thought I figured it out. I thought I figured out underdog. I felt good about it after week one in training camp. And then I got in a couple of drafts and I'm like, shit, my whole plan has gone to hell. So we're mm-hmm. going to get into what that plan was. We're going to talk some risers and fallers. Then we're going to get into the news and notes and have some fun with the training camp highlights. But let's go right now. Underdog, risers, fallers. Let's go. From the biggest and brightest stars to the last round pick, we have you covered for everything on underdog fantasy. Let's get into it and let's get that money, baby. So, everybody, as you may know, there is a lot of news and takes and videos and things flying around. When I was looking at the graph and chart today for underdogs, riders, and fallers, there was a ton of guys going up, going down. Saquon Barkley, Calvin Ridley. My goodness, so many players. But again, as you guys know, as we've been chasing for years, everyone in the entire fantasy football NFL universe is chasing after that Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver one tied to Patrick Mahomes and that's why the number one riser is yet again another Chiefs receiver but this time it is Rasheed Rice the athletics Nate Taylor says that Chiefs rookie wide receiver Rasheed Rice has led all wide receivers in first team reps at training camp that is pretty good because we were not expecting Rasheed Rice to make an immediate impact we saw Sky Moore last year second round pick didn't hit the field at all in a very similar situation except they did have Juju Smith-Schuster who was an established receiver as you see as well Sky Moore is on this list yet again he continues to rise but the big one for me is Javante Williams because we weren't so in on Javante Williams right we have to kind of apologize to the people a little bit because we were fading him we were like I don't know he's way too high he's not going to be back and he's not on the pup and on top of that he's also been cleared for contact but it's just unsure if he's going to play in the preseason that's not a big deal for us dude has already been cleared for contact before August He's going to be ready for week one. And, you know, what his workload looks like, we can't know that right now. But back, you know, even a month, two months ago, we were projecting as if he wasn't going to be ready at all and could be on the pup to start the season. So that's a big difference based on what we're seeing right now. Alvin Kamara rising, Rashad Penny, of course. He got the first team reps and first team snaps at Eagles camp. So a lot of things going on there. The Fallers, Kadarius Toney did have surgery ultimately on his injured knee. We were kind of expecting that. Chiggy continues to fall. J.K. Dobbins with his holdout is falling. Rashad Bateman Ray, is he on the pup or not on the pup? I, I have no He's idea. He's been on and off the pup Dude, more times than anybody no in the history of football. Then you have, of course, Brees Hall, and we'll get into Dalvin Cook and that whole situation. Brees Hall is falling a little bit. And, you know, ultimately, whatever happens with Brees Hall probably hurts his ceiling, but still a great talent, great player. But, Ray, you did say that you've been, you know, in these best ball streets for a while, and your strategy's kind of changed over the last few days. Why don't you talk to the people about what you've noticed and what you've seen in some of these underdog drafts? Yeah, I think for me, Jay, the biggest the biggest sort of revelation or takeaway that I've had over the first couple of days of training camp. So let me just say this. Like, I just love football, dude. I talk about this all the time. I love football. So right now I'm very I'm very cognizant of how I say things. I'm tweeting out any any video that crosses my timeline. I'm retweeting it. I just love football. I'm going to retweet it. But what I'm not saying is. This guy's the next star. This is the next fantasy superstar. I'm just saying it's a good next play. Up. It's a good rep. Yeah. This is a good play. I like what I'm seeing here. Um, I like those things. So what what I've what I've noticed is Jay, 
for me personally, and I, I, I'm really curious as to what you think and what the people think, I'm a little more confident in that like dead zone range of wide receiver. Remember there was a point in time where it was like Calvin Ridley, Brandon Ayuk, Jackson Smith and Jigba, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, yep. and they were all in that range of wide receiver where you kind of really didn't want them. You were like, oh, do I really want to take Calvin Ridley or do I want to take somebody else? But when you start to look at warp, right, and I'm looking at DK Metcalf, whose ADP is like 27, 28. What's the difference between DK Metcalf and Terry McLaurin? What's the difference between DK Metcalf and Brandon IU? So with that warp premise in mind with some of those receivers that are actually giving you those wins above replacement, I've been hammering running back. This thing is still a half point yep. PPR thing. And it gives me more confidence that DJ Moore can play and produce close to what even a T. Higgins or Devontae Smith. T. What's the big difference between not talking dynasty? We're talking seasonal four. You know the answer. And we can go back to last value. show. Well, and quarterback play. I felt more I feel a lot more confident in those kind of mid-tier receivers that I'm not reaching on DK Metcalf at, at with an ADP of 27. Not gonna do it. Give me Ramondre Stevenson. Give me Tony Pollard. Yep. Hell, I took JT at the back of the third last night. Like, I, we'll get into that in a minute. What? We'll get in that in a minute. But I think the big thing for me is I was loving. I started off like Christian McCaffrey, Tony Pollard, yep. Ramondre Stevenson. I'm good. I'll load up on DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Rasheed Rice. Like, they're all the same. So I think for me, that was at least a strategy that I had in mind. And then I try to go deploy that. By the second round, all the running backs are gone now. Like, it's completely shifted in UD. Wait until about a week, Jay, when the new ADP starts to run. It's wild, man. Like, last night, by round six, round seven, it's Samaj P. Ryan, Brian Robinson left. So, uh, for me, again, it's still a half PPR fantasy league. I want running. I want those guys. So, we'll see how it plays out. But I just have a lot more confidence in some of those other receivers. At least early through training camp, it looks like the DJ Moore connection I'm just telling you what it looks like from a week. It looked good. I get it. It's practice. Yeah. It's shorts. It's, it looks good. Brandon Ayuk looks good. These players look like they can produce. So I'm just not reaching for these guys that, from a warp perspective, they're all flatline. They're all the same. So just sort of one of my takeaways. Sort of one of my takeaways, man. Yeah, I know you hit on a really good point there because, you know, when you're looking at some of these guys and, you know, Calvin Ridley, there was the clip of him running us the same route as Zay Jones and the dude looked like he was running a double speed compared to Zay Jones and everyone's freaking out, jumping Calvin Ridley up their boards and he's, you know, another riser on underdog right now, but his ADP is already pretty high. But you kind of mentioned it, you know, if you do go running back early, especially rounds one, round two, you can come back and hammer receiver for the next four or five rounds and, and you'll feel confident with a pretty stable floor. But there's still the problem with the receivers is the ADP continues to go up because people want the stacks, they want the variance, they want the upside, and that always comes with stacking and taking wide receivers high, even in a 0.5 PPR format. But do you want to get into the news? Because there is so much circulating around the NFL. We got quick hitting news, we got more in-depth analysis, and it feels like it is never ending. We'd only been off for a week, but it feels like we got three weeks worth of news on this show coming up, but lots of cool things that are going on around the NFL. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what he's doing. What the hell is going on? What's up? What's happening? All right, Jay, what we got? So this news is probably the funniest of the whole week, talking about Sean Payton versus Nathaniel Hackett. You said he went full Mike Zimmer 
on everybody. And, you know, he went and apologized afterwards, but he's basically telling the media that the Jets are trying to win the offseason with Aaron Rodgers and, and with these various things, these signings. They're bringing in Dalvin Cook and they're doing hard knocks. And, you know, the record for teams on hard knocks is really not that good. So you talk about, you know, the expectations for the Jets. Sean Payton's basically pointing out the Jets aren't that good. And, you know, what happened with Daniel Hackett? And then Aaron Rodgers does an interview and asked about it. And he says, keep my coach's name out your mouth. Keep my coach's name out your mouth. Robert Salah comes back and says, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. Yeah. And it's just like, crazy. So, so on, funny, there, man. There's Love actually it. video of Aaron Rodgers and Sean Payton together Ooh. after this happened, man. Ooh. There's video. We got video right here, Jay. Check this out. <laughs> oh, wow. Look, wow. Will Smith, Chris Rock, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Sean Payton. Listen, man. Here's the thing. Here's Ridiculous. the thing, Jay. Here's the thing with this situation. Nothing Sean Payton said was wrong. Nothing he said was yep. wrong. But come on, dude. Like, you just, there's something about that fraternity. You don't throw another colleague like that under the bus. You just, you don't Sean say Sean Payton's it, right? a like, dick, though. Like, everyone, he's been that way forever. Everyone and So I'm not that surprised. It. You just don't say it. You just don't say it, Jay. Everyone knows it. You just don't say it. And I don't know if you all heard the interview that Aaron Rodgers gave on NFL Network, like actually listen to it. He was pissed, dude. Like sometimes yeah. you hear the quotes and then you go listen to the, uh, the the actual interview and it puts a different level of context on said quote. He was not happy about that. Um, you can tell that he truly is a friend of Nathaniel Hackett, respects him, yeah. uh, adores him as a, as a human, as a coach, as a friend. And uh, he was not feeling that. And um what Aaron Rodgers said in that interview that was missing in the quotes was he said if Sean Payton feels like he needs to do this as a way to cushion the disappointing season that they're already probably going to have. Like he kind of said, just because you're going to be terrible this year or you might not uh, perform up to standard, don't throw other people who some of those guys are still in the building, if I'm not mistaken. So just um, yeah. <laughs> Just an interesting situation there. And then your boy Salah, yes, said this. I kind of live by saying, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. So hate away. I kind of live by saying, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. If you ain't got so no hate haters, you ain't popping. Saying, so hate no away. That's how I feel every day. If people ain't hating on us and what Words we're doing, to live by. then we're not doing it right. So uh, happy with everything that's going on. But it'll be interesting. And I'm going to be honest with you, Jay Rich. Can I be vulnerable with you and the people Absolutely. for a minute? Safe space. There's only 250 people in here. Safe space. Okay. <laughs> I was so sick of uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay drama. Like, everybody was. We were all tired of him. Yeah. I've enjoyed listening to him, man, with the Jets. I have enjoyed yep. his interviews. I have enjoyed talking to him. Feels like he's got, like, a breath of fresh air. And I don't think that's any different than what we, you and I, people watching this live, people watching this after the fact. I mean, we've all been in situations. Well, I hope we all have not. But some of us have been in situations where you just didn't like your job. You didn't like your boss. You were unhappy. Um, you did the job because you wanted the paycheck and you had responsibilities as an adult to take care of. Uh, but when you get the new job, when you land that new spot, when you're in a place where you feel wanted and welcome and respected, you do things, you go above and beyond. You stay a little bit later. You work with your colleagues after work. You do some stuff on the weekends. You work, you know, when you get home sometimes. Aaron Rodgers out here taking pay yeah. cuts, Great interviews, seeming motivated, seems rejuvenated. I've en I've enjoyed him, Jay. I've enjoyed him over the past couple of weeks, man. 
Yeah, I mean, he's been there, what, 18 years uh, in Green Bay? So you just get it from the standpoint of that. Like, anyone who's been at their job for 18 years is like, yeah, some change would actually be pretty nice. And uh, someone who will not be changing, Ray, and I don't know your thoughts on this, but he certainly seems like he sold out his brothers uh -oh. in the running back community. Uh -oh. Saquon Barkley signed Saquon. a contract with the New York Giants, Ray. It wasn't for $15 million. It wasn't for $14 million. It wasn't for $13 million. It wasn't for $12 million. Nope. 11 million this guy broke he, he had the picket line he was saying the right things he, he was doing it. the right things broke it he crossed the picket line for nine hundred thousand dollars ray and you crossed know two million it. in incentives most of it is geared towards the making the playoffs so he will have to play the whole season to make the playoffs it, it is again i'm not against anyone getting he their sold, money he sold out but he brothers, sold out a hundred percent what are you sold. doing Josh Jacobs in, is in Ibiza right now, chilling, not at training camp, where Saquon's running in the dirt with the boys, just hanging out, taking his 11 being million. Being a great teammate, doing it yeah, for the being, being a company yeah. man, being that good yes. company man. Listen, Saquon said, he said the best thing for him was to get on the field and play. That deal yep. was an incentive-laden $900,000 bonus if he Terrible. hits some of the highest numbers he's ever hit in his career. He's only hit that reception total once. He's never gotten that many yards, and he's only done the touchdowns one time. And he only gets that money if the Giants make the playoffs. So, mm -hmm. I don't know, man. Uh, this this whole situation is just wild to me. It's it's wild, and I don't think it's getting any better um, anytime soon. What else we got, Jay? And then we had NFL Network's Mike Garofolo talked about how the Raiders offered Jace Josh Jacobs a $12 million contract, so more than Saquon Barkley, and he declined that. And as we mentioned, he was reported last week that he's gone. We don't know where he is, not that we really care, but he is not at training camp, not at Vegas, not expected back anytime soon. Should be back for the start of week one. We'll see. I mean, the, honestly, the reports have actually been more positive recently on Jacobs than in previous weeks. It seems like he may just be taking time off to chill, not going to train again, but will be back for week one unless anything changes. But Ray, the biggest news, the scariest news by far last week was, in fact, Joe Burrow going down with the calf injury. Now, we did have some time to get some reports of what actually happened. He was carted off. And, you know, basically what happened, little calf aggravation should be out several weeks, according to Zach Taylor, their head coach. We don't know how long it's going to be, but I believe it was last year. He had an appendectomy, so he didn't play all of preseason and was just fine. So we'll see if it lingers into the season. Again, he's not the mobile quarterback, so it doesn't hurt him on that front. Bro's going to stand there in the pocket, deliver the ball. We just hope that he's healthy for week one and we'll be fine. But if not, that could be a bit of a problem for us. Ray, do you have any fears over Burrow potentially missing week one? He's got four weeks, almost five weeks, actually. It probably no. is closer to five weeks no. now. No, Should be no. all right, though, hopefully. If it's a cat, listen, it's not the Achilles. And when I that saw the, the video fear, yeah. initially, and I'm no medical doctor. I'm just a, I'm just an old hapless soul who suffered the Achilles injury about a year ago myself. But immediately when I saw him be able to move his foot, I was like, oh, he's he's good. He'll At least good, that's yeah. good. Because you, you know that flexion. That. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? And and you were there when I tore mine. I couldn't do anything. That thing was just like hanging. It was just it was yep. just limp. Um, so any fear, any fear of him missing week one? No. Is there some fear that, man, maybe this can linger? Maybe this, you know, it gets aggravated? Sure. But there's no way to, like, confidently say, I'm not Joe Burrow. I'm not the doctor. I mean, I think that, like, what if this lingers? But is this going to give me any fear that I don't want him? I want to trade him. I don't want to draft him. Absolutely not. I still want Joe Burrow, still drafting him with confidence, and I'm still excited about what he's going to do with Cincinnati this fall. Yeah, just unfortunate because he hasn't got his contract extension yet, but we know that should be coming down the pipe yes. at some point this offseason. It's coming. Um, 
and we'll see what happens with that. Obviously, we'll get to Herbert in a second. But Jalen Ramsey, Ray, torn meniscus, full repair out till Man. at least December, it seems. Really unfortunate for the Dolphins because I was really excited for this Dolphins defense. And Jalen Ramsey was going to be a massive part of that. I still think it will be very good with Vic Fangio, but this takes away some of the scheme things that he can do yeah. with those two defensive backs on the back end. So you look at what Ramsey provides. We don't know what it's going to be till December, but hopefully for the playoffs, he will be back. But I think, you know, you talk about Tua and his upside. I think the defense is part of that, right? When you see San Francisco and the things that he provides or they provide Brock Purdy on offense and that offense, you'd see similar things in Miami with shorter fields and things of those nature turnovers that Vic Fangio is great for. So Ramsey will not be a big part of that. But And then the other point, Ray, talking about running backs, Sony Michelle retired mm-hmm. at 28 and the Rams went out and signed Royce Freeman to replace him as a camp body. Just camp body nothing more than that but you know you put in the notes reminder that nfl stands for not for long running yeah. backs retiring at 28 and honestly that's kind of even a little bit old for some guys congrats felt to like Sony david Man. johnson retired give, at 26 let's give Sony michelle yeah. a round of applause congrats to Sony first round michelle, pick uh, for an outstanding uh career right he made it to the league was a first round pick believe he won a super bowl i think he's got a super bowl ring yep. He scored um, the only touchdown in the super bowl. he's gonna get all the full medical benefits from playing in the nfl he's vested um Congratulations to him. Uh, fantastic yep. college career. Got to play in the NFL and decided to step away at 20. Think about it. I just think about how young 28 is, man. I was around my family this weekend yep. and just seeing 27 year olds, 28 years old, how young they are and how disrespectful we are in fantasy calling those 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 young men old at 28, old. 29 years old. Right. I'm almost 37 and I'm feeling every bit of it. But Congrats to Sony for calling it quits and, and, and gotten to live out his dream in the NFL. Yeah, Jay, what else we got? Justin Herbert, Ray. Uh-oh. Big extension for old Justin Herbert. Finally, the bag was given to Mr. Herbert five years, 262.5 million, 218 million guaranteed. Ray, his new contract. His new contract with the rookie year and the fifth year option is seven years, $297 million, and he will be a free agent. At 31 years old with 300 mil in the bank. I I don't even want to know what these quarterbacks are going to be making. Because, like, you think about Herbert at 31. Hey, how about you give me another five years, 100 mil a year contract? Because that's what the contracts will be. Right now, contracts are 60 million a year. And he got more than, I believe, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson got more than Hurts. Herbert got more than Lamar, and then I'm assuming Burrow will get something slightly north of what Herbert got. Yes, yes, yes. But my goodness, holy, these contracts. It's funny because you see the Geno Smith contract, the Daniel Jones contract. These are becoming more and more valuable as like half-price discounts when you're looking at those guys. And then we have... um, as well, Cole Komet, four years, fifty million extension. That was kind of surprising. We were yeah, hoping that came, for that came out of running back that, news. We we're that came out of running nowhere. back news, and we got Cole Komet extended. Woo! Like we're so excited about that. But down the stretch, he was a great tight end for them last year. Obviously, a big part of their future. And then you mentioned it when we talk about Aaron Rodgers. His pay cut: two years, seventy-five million, fully guaranteed. I believe he dropped forty million off of his pay cut, and he only has a nine mil cap hit this year. So that's huge for them when they're talking about future bring in guys, signing players, and more importantly, adding to this roster. Antonio Gibson expected to be the third down back in Biennemi's commander's offense. So, Ray, you're Uh-oh, happy to Joe, hear that. Joe, where's Joe at? <laughs> Joe, Joe, we're back again. It's like year three, Joe. We're Antonio back. Gibson, we're let's back. get it. Yeah, so we'll see. Hopefully, you can have a first and second down roll, too, not just third downs. Yeah, but yeah, as yeah. you mentioned Hopefully and made the case for, McKinnon was great with Mahomes, not with Sam Howell. But in that role last year, you have the Bills offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, said James Cook has 
quote unquote three down potential, right? You are you were not so sold. So if you want to go check out Ray's analysis, check out the film session on the YouTube channel. Ken Dorsey, okay. right? Seems to think okay. differently. Uh, three down, I'll believe it when I see it. I think he's okay. Three down, I'll believe. I listened to Ramondre Stevenson at 250 pounds talk about how worn out he was at the end of the season. Literally. Ramondre was like, man, by the end of the year, I was hurting. It was it Toast. was tough. It was a grind, and he's 250. You're telling me James Cook at 200 is going to be a three-down back from week one th through week 18? We shall see. I, I like James Cook. If they use him the way that they probably should, I think he's going to be awesome. If they try to pound him 22, 21, 23, 24, right up the middle, that A-B gap, and they're doing that 15, 16, 17 times a game, I don't think it will end well, and I stand by that. Yeah, I'm with you. I think, you know, he just doesn't have the frame for that, especially in the NFL. And that's why they brought in Damian Harris, right? They have Latavius Murray as well to spell some of those carries. But you were talking about Ramondre Stevenson and kind of the last news that we're waiting to see because it seems inevitable at this point. We talked about the Jets and their running back situation. Yeah. The, pa the Patriots are adding a running back. They worked out Leonard Fournette. They worked out Zeke Elliott over the, over the weekend as well. And mm -hmm. they're waiting to hopefully bring in Dalvin Cook. He already visited with the Jets. We'll talk about that next after we get through Jonathan Taylor. But Ray... Does this move anything for you with Ramondre? Because we like no, Ramondre, no, no, but no, it seems no, no, no. inevitable no. at this point they will add a running back. No, no. Fire him up, okay. draft him with full confidence. I think it's they look behind him. Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris, Ty Montgomery hurt again. Sting. Training camp yeah, just Ty started. He's already hurt. Ezekiel Elliott probably still the best third down back as far as pass protection in the NFL. Offensive line is a little shaky. You don't have a lot of receivers that can separate early. You need max protection. I don't know how Ramondre yeah. is in that department, but I know what Zeke is. He was out with Mac Jones. We'll see where he goes. If Zeke signs there, I'm a lot less concerned about Zeke in New England than I would be Dalvin Cook in New England. For sure. I would be a For so sure. I would love For it. Sure. Let him come in there to absorb some of those carries. Keep Ramondre Stevenson fresh. I'm all in on him for 2023. It's wheels up for Ramondre for me, man. Yeah, I'm with you. I think, you know, they bring in they bring in a guy. It's just interesting to see Bill trying out all these guys. And in the past, he has had a lot of success bringing in veteran running backs and giving them quite a bit of work. But, Ray, we have to talk about the big dog. Yeah. Um, former running back one, because this is probably you want to talk about running back drama. And we've seen a lot of it this offseason. This is by far the worst. And this situation seems like it's just about unfixable at yeah. this point. So where do you want to start with the weekend that was Jim Ursay versus Jonathan Taylor and his agent and this entire running back market as a whole. Man, where to start, Jay? Um, I found a tweet. Let me see if I could find it. I, I don't know if I bookmarked it or if I liked it, but it sort of laid out uh, the timeline of this. All right, so let's, let's, let's take a look at this, right? I'm going to pull this up right now. Let's just take a look at this timeline together and kind of talk through it because I, I really, Jay... I don't know. I don't know what to think about the situation. It feels yep. kind of like they can't come back from this. I don't know, Jay. I don't know. So here goes a little like timeline. So uh, Ursay tweets about the running running back situation, saying agents are selling uh, bad faith, and then Taylor went to GM Chris Ballard asking to be traded several days before this. Taylor's agent responds saying bad faith is not paying your best player. Ursay says the team hasn't and doesn't plan on offering JT an extension. Yikes. Then Oof. you get Ursay invites Jonathan Taylor to his private bus. They have a meeting. Not mm -hmm. long after that meeting, JT's trade request becomes public. Ursay reaffirms they won't offer him an extension. Ursay then says, if I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, 
No one will miss us. Colts now considering placing JT on NFI, non-football injury list, which would forfeit his 2023 salary. What's next? Um, Listen, man, this is... Uh, This isn't good. Like, they, like we we joke and we we do all this stuff and we talk about running backs and we like this seems bad to me. Like, I, I don't know, I don't know how else to say this, but it feels like this type of disagreement should not be made public between the com- the, the commander in chief of that franchise, right, mm-hmm. Jim Ursay, and their best player Jonathan Taylor. And I listened to Jay, and I don't know if you did, but I listened to Ursay the. At- we're reading it. I listened to him and watched his mannerisms on NFL Network. He seemed dead ass serious, man. He's yeah. he's on there talking about when the Colts were losing money. I'm the one that did this, and I'm the one that was dropping billions of dollars and hundreds of millions of dollars. And I built this franchise. And I he's talking like I don't give a damn who you are. I'm running the show. And he said JT will not be here next year. He's this year, and then that's it. I don't know, Jay. This, we Damn. continue to talk about the RB position and for what we're here to analyze, right? Fantasy football. Are these guys going to be there when we need them most? And right now, we talked about Josh Jacobs is still at the top of the list for me. I'm not even – Jacobs, hey, I'm not even thinking – Jacobs so really, is not – So, I, I got to ask you, though, because I'm, I'm almost there, Ray. Is Jacobs still higher than Jonathan Taylor? Because, like, honestly, like – this situation, if it gets any worse, I mean, okay, so How? the other part of this, this was was apparently JT reported to training camp with a back injury, and that's why he failed his physical and went on the pup. JT again goes on Twitter last night and says, never had back pain, never reported back pain, not sure who the sources are. So you're like, okay, which one is it? Because the Colts want to put him on the NFI list so they don't have to pay him. Same situation kind of with J.K. Dobbins, and we didn't really talk about that much, but it's the same situation where he's on the pup, doesn't have to report but won't get paid if this happens and on top of that michael uh janiti from spotrack said running back jonathan taylor needs to tread lightly with a potential holdout not only will he'll be fined forty thousand dollars per day missed by the colts and but also risk losing an accrued season for 2023 which would render him a restricted free agent next march instead of an unrestricted player so you talk about like all these issues and this is this is the implications of a potential hold in as well when we're talking about dobbins talking about jt like these are guys who could get fined lots of money. And, and we were talking about this pre-show, like running backs are the lowest paid position, but are like 10 times more likely to hold out than any other player. And so it's like, where is the tipping point? And I, so going back to the question now, JT or Josh Jacobs, who are you more fearful of not playing in week 17? I'd say they're neck and neck. I mean, if I'm being real, they're, and probably, that's, they're probably neck and neck. They're probably... Yes, this 100%. seems bad. Like this, this feels like this is bigger than player coach, right? This is player owner. Have we seen, representation? Public. I, I, I need battle. to wake up. I need my wake up fam. That to, to where have we seen this play out before? Where star player and owner are publicly into it? Um, I, in the NBA, I've I never. Think I don't think I've ever seen it. Ever. You see it in the NBA. I in the like NBA, yeah, but players NBA. have much more control in the NBA. Right, much we more. see it in the NBA. I'm not sure about Major League Baseball. That seems like a whole different yeah. animal. I don't think you really see that in baseball no. with a player and an owner going at it. I, I can't see. What is it? Who is the owner? Steinbrenner? Did he run the Yankees yeah, at some point? Steinbrenner, yeah. I can't see the, Jeter the and Steinbrenner 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 Steinbrenner. getting into it. This is uh, this. 
here's my thing. The my dynasty advice is this is the worst time to trade Jonathan Taylor. I would not be, be. selling yeah. because everyone's going to be trying to buy from you dirt cheap. Everyone is going to be trying to capitalize. If you get a first, would you take it? Would you say? Would you take a first? I Any know. first? No. Okay. No. No, I'm not I'm not selling not I'm yet. not selling him right now. Like I'm not doing it. Worst case scenario, he's he doesn't play this year. Do I think Jonathan Taylor's never going to play football again? No. Best case, what if they just trade? What if they trade him? What if they trade him? Can that is that a possibility? What if they just ship him away? But we I mean, know there's no market, old. right? We know the like Saquon Barkley was apparently like his valuation was like a fifth round pick. So like what what are you gonna get for him? So the point for Ursay, and and we know how like again, you talk about loudmouth owners. Jerry Jones is number one, Ursay's probably number two when you talk about owners being very loud in the media and vocal about their franchises. Um, you know, Ursay would just be spiteful. He wouldn't trade JT. He just let him rot on the team, whether he plays or not. He said and, and, this year, he said we yeah. are not extending him. He said that. We're not yep. extending you. Yeah. And then the know, only other this, case of them paying a player on the NFI was actually when Andrew Luck retired early. The Colts did actually honor his salary for that season. But as you mentioned, they're not going to do that with Jonathan Taylor. So wheels up for whoever's in the Colts backfield. They did draft Evan Hall, as Elwood kind of just threw in the chat. Um, but yeah, we don't know who's going to play. And it's a bit of a problem. And now running backs are, here's what's are happen. getting crazy. Anthony Richardson is going to become the fourth quarterback in NFL history to run for that. I mean... Without let, let's let's really quickly, how does this impact Anthony Richardson? If you don't have a motivated Jonathan Taylor on the field week one of the season, how does this impact a rich man? I think the problem is, is you you would still probably see the stacked boxes without the threat of the running back. Right. So you think about that. He's not going to be able to run as easily running linebackers are fast and they're not going to necessarily be as fast as a rich, but some of them might be in some of those games. Right. So you talk about the sideline to sideline defense will be a lot easier. And when you don't have a whole lot of downfield targets like Pittman, more of an intermediate guy, we obviously will get to the video and the shot to Alec Pierce seeing around the world, but he'll still see those same fronts, but with much less firepower up front. So there isn't the threat of the run in the read option. You'll happily let the running back take it because you know that a rich is the bigger threat. There so it is. Leo Leo problem. has it. ARB one. I mean, he's probably going to have to <laughs> run a lot. I, I get people excited about Evan Hull. You definitely have to take a little stab there. They still have yep. Zach Moss. I think Zach Moss would probably be the first guy up. He played well last year. Yep. You've and got Deion Jackson, years, right? but this would be arguably the worst running back room in the league. And if something were to persist into the season, do they go pick up a Kareem Hunt? Do they bring in a Leonard Fournette? I don't know. I man. think they would for sure. I, I don't know. would this say, is, forget it, sign him, right? They need yeah. a body. They would yeah. at that point for sure. This is just a bad situation. So we'll see how it plays out. And once you start saying stuff publicly, it's like you've already said it, so you got to double down and you can't walk. You know, men, we just got too much pride to say, shouldn't have said that. Walk it back. This is our guy. We want him here. Now I'm doubling down, tripling down. This is probably not going to end well. I hope it does. But as you know, it's the tip of the iceberg. It is right? right now. It does not feel optimistic that it's going to end well, Jay. And yet we go to the Jets and Dalvin Cook is chilling on the sidelines, but no deal. Mm -hmm with Dalvin Cook and the Jets yet. So where are we at with this situation? So free agent running back Dalvin Cook visited the Jets on Sunday, watched the entire practice from the sidelines and received a physical. So we'll see, you know, 3,000 fans in attendance. They were very excited 
for old Dalvin Cook. And, you know, we they have were. been very weary because we do love ourselves some Brees Hall. We love but Brees. Cook took the physical, met with Robert Sala, and the Jets are interested in having him. And we talked about the Aaron Rodgers pay cut already, but, you know, Dalvin Cook hasn't quite got there yet. They wind him, they dine him, they talk to him. He'll probably end up being on hard knocks as well, which would be really interesting to see how that all plays out because that will start this week. But, Ray, where are you at with Dalvin Cook? Because it was initially the Dolphins, then there's rumors of the Patriots, now we're back to the Jets, and then even Bill Belichick said he wants to bring Cook in for a visit and a physical. You know, they brought in some of the other running backs, they want to bring in Cook as well, but a lot of people were saying that it's very unlikely that Cook leaves New York without a deal, and even Dalvin Cook said that he seems pretty likely to end up on the Jets as well. So, where do you want to start with this as well? Um, Connor Hughes from Sports New York's or SNY's said that Michael Carter would be the odd man out in this situation. So anyone who has Michael Carter would not be great because he will probably not make the team if Dalvin Cook signs. But where you want to start with Dalvin Cook um, and obviously Brees Hall and the follow of that, we talked about it on the Riders and Fallers, but I think that Cook is very interesting in New York and we've talked about this a lot of what he could bring to this offense overall. Yeah, I mean, it's a great move for the Jets. I mean, what the Jets are doing right yep. now, we continue to talk about it. It's a fantastic football move for the Jets. Dalvin Cook is still one of the most talented running backs in the NFL. You put him on this offense that has a significantly better upgrade at quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. You're talking about the receiving weapons that they have in New York. Offensive line, they've invested in that position. You've got Brees Hall coming back from ACL. This gives him a little bit of time. He's still, I believe he's still two to three weeks out from practicing right now. So yes. yep. gives them a proven veteran that they can throw in there and give the ball to 20 times a game if they need that uh, to happen from for, for their running backs. So would this be good for Brees Hall? No, no, it's not good for Brees. It's not good for Dalvin. It's great for the Jets. It's not good for either of those guys. And if Dalvin Cook signs in New York, even if it's a one-year deal, you have to significantly downgrade the expectations that you have for Brees Hall coming into 2023. I, 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 for me, all those guys coming back from ACL tears, Jay, I'm just lower on. I'm not in on yeah. Javonta Williams still. At his ADP cost on underdog. I'm a little weary of Brees Hall with an ADP. What was he at? 30 on underdog? I'm a little, I'm yeah, a little he's like concerned 36 right now. about that. Still third round. I love him. I love him. I think he's a great running back. You bring in Dalvin Cook. That tells me everything I need to know with as far as the Jets plan for 2023. Because you don't sign him to put him on a bench or give him a carry or two. He's going to be a yeah. big part of that offense. It is what it is. That's just what it's going to be. And you got to deal with that. And in Dynasty, you have to determine whether you want to sit through that for another year or if you want to say, you know what, year two, injured. I'm not going to get the true production I want until year three. By the time we hit year three, we already know how the Dynasty community treats year three running backs. Just wait until we get Donovan Edwards and Rocket Sanders and Travion yep. Anderson and Braylon Allen next year. And then you're looking at Brees like, uh, I may weather have Hendo. I, I don't know. So... This is just a situation where great football move, but probably not the best thing for us in fantasy. We all know it. We all know it. We all know it. Don't overthink. And it's just adjust your expectations for Brees Hall. Jay, we are contractually, contractually oh, no. obligated to talk about this every wake up show. But damn it, we got information. So we're going to do it. San Francisco. Let's go out West. Let's talk about the 49ers QBs. Uh, Jay, Trey Lance apparently had a fantastic day 
yesterday. Shout out to my dog, Eric Crocker, over there at the Crocker Report. Man, that's my guy. He's out there at 49ers camp covering the 49ers. Said that both quarterbacks look good yesterday. No Brock Purdy. Don't think he's playing, uh, practicing every single day. Crock said if he had to give the edge to a quarterback, Sam Darnold had the better day. Uh, it oh. seems like when Trey Lance is not playing on the same practice field with Brock Purdy, he's outstanding. When Brock Purdy's in yeah. practice, Trey Lance stinks. Everything that's come out, Jay, can we finally put to bed who the starting quarterback is going to be? Is everybody okay moving forward now saying that Brock Purdy is the starter for the 49ers? The coaches are saying it. The team is saying it. They're pushing this camp battle, but it doesn't feel like a camp battle to me. Everything that I've heard, a little rusty, That's that should be a given, right? That yeah, should be a sure. given, but no loss in arm strength. He is. He looks the same. Everybody says, can we finally put to bed the, the, the question of who the starting quarterback for San Francisco is going to be? I mean, you and I can. I don't know if everyone's willing to accept it yet, but definitely, you know, when finally we've been waiting for this for months, Shanahan came out and said, Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback, and he's taking all the reps of the ones. And as you mentioned, Sam Darnold and Trey Lance have been splitting QB2, QB3 reps. Um, but Nick Wagner of reported that the 49ers hope Brock Purdy no longer requires scheduled days off within two weeks. So in the next two weeks or so, they're hoping he'll be able to practice every day, throw every day. At that point, you know, you'd be pretty confident in him playing and practicing every day and then obviously starting on Sundays. And then uh, he's talking about Trey Lance. The 49ers would likely turn down a substantial trade offer for Trey Lance. So not only is he reporting that Purdy is going to be the starter and should be without restrictions in two weeks, but also he's reporting that the 49ers would likely turn down any trade offer for Trey Lance, which means if you do have him, he is stuck on your roster for this season. Like he is stuck there. There's nothing you yep. can do. And didn't he also sign a no, there's Jordan Love who signed the the uh, deal to go through yeah, the that was year. Love. But yeah, it was Love who got that weird two it's year Brock, deal. It's but Purdy. It's, it's Brock Purdy. Purdy. It's He's a starter. Like it, hate it. It's Brock. Reports are Trey Lance gonna be the third quarterback. Woof. Man, third quarterback like Ray at that point. Why aren't we going to pick up Sam Darnold off waivers like you should? Th this is the 49ers quarterback situation. They're never healthy anyways, whether it's Brock Purdy or not. It sounds like you want some Sam Darnold on your rosters if you can get him because no one wanted him. People said he was going to get cut, wasn't going to make the team. Now, all of a sudden, he's out playing Trey Lance and Brock Purdy is, is back. Like this is a great situation. I think, you know, we'll see what happens, but I, I'm excited, man. You know, you know me. I got a lot of Brock Purdy, bought him in the offseason. Drafted mm -hmm. him, picked him up off waivers. Like, and, and we had a discussion in our Discord. What would it take for you to sell Brock Purdy? And my whole response to you was, I'm not selling. Like, I've been waiting for this quarterback for the 49ers for years. It was supposed to be Jimmy Garoppolo. It never was. It was it was like you're going to go all the way back to like Alex Smith when he was the quarterback of the Niners. And that was even before Shanahan got there. So you like this situation with McCaffrey, with Kittle, with IU, with Debo, like there isn't a better situation yeah. in some regard in the league paired with that defense. Like no matter what you think of Brock Purdy, and you laid this out um, a few shows ago, he could be a QB1 simply because the players well, around him are so talented. Jay, And that I may just take it. him all the way to QB1. People, people laughed at me. Said, I said, if he's healthy and playing week one, you've got to look at him as potentially being a top 12 guy just off of the byproduct of the offense. He was good last year. He had top 10 games last year as a rookie with minimal practice. So if he's healthy, if he's the guy, if he's out there week one, I think Brock Purdy has just as much chance to finish top 12 as 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 a lot of those other guys that are in that back half of, of, of the QB ranks. Mm -hmm. So it seems like he's the guy. I've accepted it. Hopefully most people have. 
We'll see how this continues to play out. Will Trey get a shot this year? Probably. No. Everybody in San Francisco gets hurt, right? Running backs, receivers, quarterbacks. Probably will That's get fair. a shot, but it's seeming like Brock is the guy we can finally move forward, stop peddling the draft capital and all this stuff for Trey Lance. You got to be consistent, throw the football. They're not patient. They want to use Brock Purdy. It is what it is, Jay. Um, yeah. Last He'll be playing the second half of those Rams games. Before some hype. Backfield issues in Seattle. I mean, oh man, you want to talk about bad in Seattle? My goodness, Ken Walker. Ray, talk to the people. What's going on? Kenneth Walker hurt, groin injury, week to week, not even day to day, week to week for Kenneth Walker. So that's great. Uh, then you got Zach Charbonnet, who's also out, second straight practice, out indefinitely, uh, shoulder discomfort. DJ Dallas, Kenny McIntosh, and that's I don't it. even that's know the who list. Else they that's the list, right? They don't even have Travis Homer anymore because he's on the Bears. Where's Chris and, Carson? You know, Where's Chris Carson when we need him? I mean, this is uh, the, the neck for Chris Carson's no good anymore. It's, it's freaking this running is back. bad. It's running Scary back. Hours. This is brutal. This is the position. I don't know. And but this is this is why Scott Connor preaches any running back on a fifty three. Imagine those imagine those fourth round shares of Kenny McIntosh now. I got some. At least a third, right? Like it's. It's scary. And, um, you know, all the reporters who are close to the situation kind of believe that Zach Charbonnet will be out longer than Kenneth Walker by the way that Pete Carroll talked about it. You know, I was reading the report put out today by ESPN and Pete Carroll basically said, you know, Zach Charbonnet was just practicing and he kind of just felt this weird pop. It wasn't like it was contact. Yeah. It wasn't like he did anything weird. It just kind of happened with a, you know, awkward movement. And now they're waiting for the reports on his, like his actual prognosis and how long it will be. But yeah, it seems like it'll be a while. You know, you talk about Walker probably two to three weeks, depending on the severity of the groin injury. We'll see kind of how long he's out, but he's got, you know, five weeks to recover at that point. He should be fine. But with this shoulder issue, like could be longer, maybe short. Hopefully it's not too bad, but yeah. you know, a lot of people invested pretty good draft capital in Charbonnet. And it looks like he's missing the preseason, which for a rookie running back is not great because Kenneth Walker knows the system, but Charbonnet has to kind of prove it throughout yep. training camp to really get yep. to where we're at. All right, Jay, it's time to get hype. Time to get hype. Woo! Let's get into some of these Woo! training camp videos and talk about some of these players let's just have a conversation about some of these guys jay and we have shown a lot of love to anthony richardson to bryce young to all these rookie quarterbacks little love to cj stroud but jay everything that we're seeing and hearing from the houston texans is cj stroud is looking good and you see him right here little play action pass five-step drop Dime the Tank Dell. You see Tank Dell out there, the little wide receiver from Houston. Can mm -hmm. he play consistently? Can he have a role in the NFL? You see him right here. Nice little switch, uh, switch release right there. Difficult to cover. Um, but there he is. How are we feeling about CJ Stroud right now, Jay Rich? How are you feeling about old CJ? I feel a little better about him. He signed his contract too, which is another big domino to fall. Signed his contract. I believe he got $36 million being the second overall pick. But yeah, I mean, it's you know, I was big in CJ Stroud because of the accuracy, because of all those things, but he went to Houston. So I was kind of like, ugh, I don't right. know. Robert Woods, Tank Dell, Dalton Schultz, Nico Collins. Hype galore. You want to talk about Nico Collins? The only one who can beat him for hype is Justin Ross, and we'll get into Justin Ross. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited for Stroud. I think he will be good. Um, I'm, I'm curious how they build the system kind of around him. You know, we talked about the Shanahan system and, and what we expect from them. We'll see how D'Amico Ryan's implements maybe a similar offense or something a little bit different. They did bring in some players and some coaches from that system, so I'll be curious how that develops. But yeah, I mean, that's a dime. That's why he won I mean, that's what all Stroud these accuracy is, right? competitions, man. That's what he does. That's what he is. He's a ball placement specialist. That's what he called himself. Coming into the draft process, ball placement specialist, and we're seeing him do that. 
So I'm excited for him. Not a lot of talk around CJ Stroud. Houston, we know what that situation is. So I'm not surprised, Jay. But the talk of the week, at least early through camp, because everybody's excited to see him play, is uh, RB1, B. John Robinson. You see him here in the most unfair drill for us defenders, <laughs> damn one-on-ones. Always Slugo. skewed to the offensive player. But you see Big Bijan, double move, one-handed grab, touchdown. I mean, this is this is what you want. You want to see him do this and catch passes. We know he's going to run the ball behind this run-dominant offense. But Bijan Robinson had the timeline going crazy, Jay, over this catch. You feel a little better about Bijan after this one? Um, yeah, I feel pretty good about Bijan. I mean, this is... I don't know who number 44 is. As Troy but Anderson. But he ran a slot. Is, is, is he, he ran good? a 4 40 at the combine or a pro day. Really? Yeah, wow. very fast. Bijan is making matter. a lot look so good. No, it doesn't matter when you can't get Short area quickness is a little different than straight line max velocity. But yeah, Bijan's can, can looking I see good. his three cone I, drill? <laughs> Bijan's looking good. I think a lot of the rookie yeah, running backs, at least good. the top two guys that are, you know, I tweeted this out the other day, Jay. There's a big difference between running backs who can catch passes and running backs who can be deployed as pass-catching yep. weapons. When you're looking at Bijan Robinson, when you're looking at a Jameer Gibbs and you're seeing uh, players have an ability, this is something Derrick Henry doesn't do, right? Like, this isn't a route Derrick Henry or Nick Chubb or Joe Mixon are probably going to run. And I think this archetype of running back, like a, the, the pass-catching specialist type guys, Bijan, Gibbs, these will be the players that the NFL teams will covet moving forward and maybe even potentially pay moving forward because they are so diverse and they bring a different flavor and uniqueness to an NFL offense. Love what I'm seeing from him, but I got some for your ass, Jay Rich. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Oh, really? Hey, I don't. I, I don't see. The, you, I don't see the Calvin Ridley clip in the doc because no, no, that was no pretty Calvin pretty big Ridley. too. We're going to talk yeah. about this one. We're going to revisit this conversation, and I'm going to ask you again. I'm looking in the camera, Jay Rich. Does yes, the sir. combination of Justin Fields and DJ Moore? Can they be a top 10 option in the NFL in 2023? Because everything that I'm seeing looks phenomenal right Let's now. Let's watch this I mean, clip. I've never seen this. I, it's just dots. It's just Justin Fields and DJ Moore. That's all that I haven't seen them complete a pass to anybody outside of DJ Moore and Cole Komet. And they're all downfield. And it looks good, Jay. He looks confident. The team says he's playing phenomenal in training camp practices. You... You slandered this show and desecrated my name by saying they're not even a top 20 option. Wide receiver, 15, quarterback. 15, 15. Do you want to follow in the same footsteps as Jim Ursay, or would you like to just admit maybe I was a little too negative and this combination is looking pretty good? I'm not going to try and put my name in the same breath oh, as boy. Jim Ursay. Oh, let's, let's try and, you know, just distinguish that slightly here. But, uh... <laughs> No, Ray, I'm not backing off that stance. The clip you just showed me, what's the big What's the big factor here, Ray? What is missing from that clip that you showed me? Yes, there is a secondary, but what is there not? There is no pass rush. There's no oh, pass rush at all. Okay, Justin Fields, his biggest issue, holds the ball too long, takes too many sacks, and when he doesn't, and when he doesn't, does see pressure, he runs. So that's where all the pass attempts go away is he runs, he takes sacks, and I believe, I think it was Cody from the overreaction pod calculated that it was like almost 20% or he dropped the stat at least on his podcast. It was like 20% of his dropbacks resulted in sacks or rushing attempts. So that's not great. And, you know, the connection with DJ Moore will be great. It'll be fine. Um, you know, you see him burning him on a nine route. But again, I, again, the Bears so you don't the worst think this team could in the be league. a top 10 combination this far. You are not buying. I, I, I am still not even sold on DJ Moore having a thousand yards. I'm not. 
Okay. I'm not sold on him having a thousand yards. He might, but I'm not sold on that happening. Because then you're talking about probably Fields throwing for at least 3,200 and him having basically 30% of those receiving yards. Well, I want to look, Jay. So let's, um, I want to see what Justin Fields, because I, I think I took an under on his over under total on prize picks for the season. Let me just for see what, where they have him yards? at. So yeah. right now, he was at here's the over under. on draft. 2930 for Justin Fields, 2930 and a half yards, over under that. Yeah, I mean I I would put the under. DK has it at 2800 right now. And never okay. and I I'll I might do my pot on this today, but like he was the third lowest over under for passing yards. Like he was barely ahead of A Rich and barely ahead of Desmond Ritter, who we both okay. expect to not throw the ball a whole lot. So again, right, he, he could surprise me. He could surprise me. But a top ten, I just again, we talked about this. There's literally duos of receivers that I would take over uh Justin Fields and DJ Moore on one All team. Right. So let's go to a player who has been again, Jay, over under right now, 3275 and a half on the on prize picks and everything that I'm hearing out of camp. He's looked great. I'm talking about launch code dimes. Danny Dimes Jones. Jay Rich. How long have we been saying the cheapest top 10 quarterback potential you can get in fantasy football is Daniel Eugene Jones. I'm telling you right now. The cheapest you can get. Daniel Launch Code Eugene Dimes Jones. I'm all in on him. I'm all in on Darren Waller. I want him, Jake. Give me this Brian Dayball offense. Give me Daniel Jones' rushing upside. Give me an improved offense to where you could put the ball downfield. Say what you want about the receivers. There is continuity with Slayton. With Hodgins, he's working that thing out with Sterling Shepard. They've got Paris Campbell. And then you bring in Darren Waller. Saquon Barkley is back knowing he needs to pay. Why yep. are people still not in on Daniel Jones? I get it. He's uh, he's just got this, this look. He just looks regular, he just, right? He's just not cool. He, yeah, exactly. That's he's exactly what this team looks like a regular guy. He's just regular. Right? It's he's just, re- he's just a, an average Joe. Just a guy, yeah. Just but I'm dude. all in, Jay. I want him this year, 2023. Redraft and in Dynasty. I think this is a player, again, sneaky. The sneakiest of top. Damn, he was there last year. What was he, 10th? He was there last year, yeah. don't. He wasn't sneaky. He was a top 12 quarterback last and that was season. And like you mentioned. 15 it, touchdowns and like 2,000 passing, passing yards. Touchdowns. He was top 10. He was 10th. 3,200 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, five picks. and But like you mentioned, the rushing upside, um, the highest we've seen from him in, in ages, 700 rushing yards, seven touchdowns, 120 attempts. And, and, you know, for me, at least it, it's the day bowl effect. And I, and I've admitted this on the show many times that I'm a firm believer of what Brian Dable is doing for this offense. And you can say they have a thousand slot receivers. He wouldn't do that without a plan. In my opinion, they wouldn't bring in these guys without a plan. And, you know, you talk about bringing Cole Beasley. Well, how, how does that matter? Well, because he was a hundred target receiver in Brian Dable's offense the last time he was with Dable. So I'd probably trust that a little bit because he knows the system. He can run the plays if need be and be another weapon for Daniel Jones to move the chains. And you talk about Dimes himself. That clip was to Darius Slayton, the player that nobody wants, right? No one wants him, even though he's the deep threat. Jalen Hyatt, zero talk about him, even Uh, though he's supposed to be this deep threat. He finally got some buzz yesterday. He got some buzz yesterday. 
So he's not running with the third team anymore. That's good. But back to Daniel Jones, I, I'm with you. I think that he can definitely be a top 12 quarterback this season. And I would want to invest in him. The Giants didn't commit to him fully in terms of contract. But I think he's just about there now. I think he's just about there. And if he can take a step forward, right, and even throw for 20 passing touchdowns and have very similar output otherwise, a lot of people, and I believe it was JJ who pointed this out, said he should regress in the touchdown department this season a little bit, maybe down to like a five. But I think that overall, what we saw from Jones, you can see the pr the progression in the passing game, maybe a little bit of decline in terms of rushing touchdowns, but everything else should be there for Jones to have another phenomenal season in 2023. And here's the thing. And while this receipt, th this is, this is where real football crosses over with fantasy, right? Because you look at the receiving core, oh, it's the top, top three worst receiver room because they don't have names. Okay. That may yeah. be true individually as isolated receivers, comma, however, that's not how football works. Continuity and scheme. If you've got continuity, scheme, and you've got a well-executed plan, these are yep. these are NFL players, yo. Like, you understand that, right? Like, these guys are NFL receivers. They're NFL players, so they're not fucking bums out there playing receiver. Like, Darius Slayton may not be a sexy name, but he's fast and he can get downfield. Hodgins, Campbell, Waller. When you have the scheme and you can execute an offense, mm -hmm. you can scheme defenses, right? You don't have to have Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. Do those players help? Absolutely, unequivocally, yes. But can you orchestrate and operate an offense that is absent those guys? And the answer to that is yes. We saw it last year. We This yep. receiving room is no worse this year than it was last year. No it's worse. If anything, it's better. It's better way than better. it was last It's not saying it's miles ahead, but it's better than where they were last year. I trust this scheme. And I'm excited about Jones in 2023, Jay. And you know damn well we're not going to get off of the show without the A-Rich bomb heard around the world, baby. You know we're not going to do that because we saw that too, Jay Rich. We saw the bomb right here. A-Rich, Alec Pierce. Throw. I mean, the what crowd goes wild. You My can't goodness. hear it on the show. But the crowd in this indoor practice facility went nuts uh, when they saw this bomb from Anthony Richardson doing the pro day throw against an actual cornerback. Oh, it's not in pads. Doesn't count. That's a dot too, man. That's a dot, Jay. That's a dot. And again, everything that I'm hearing out of Indianapolis is, yeah, he's got some areas where he needs to improve. Yeah, he struggled sometimes, but more than not, he's been phenomenal. Uh, the energy. Did you hear Quiddy Pay talk about Anthony Richardson no. post-practice yesterday? No, no, I didn't. What do you say? It's a video, and Guidipe said uh, it's demoralizing practicing against him. He said demoralizing. He's like, we're doing Damn. everything right, and when the X's and O's break down, he just can do things that he's never seen a player do. And what Guidipe yep. said is, I'm glad he's on our team. He said it is yep. demoralizing practicing against Anthony Richardson. So I'm excited, and if no Jonathan Taylor is going to be there, you got to pick it up, big dog. You got to yep. pick it up. You were a top pick for a reason. And I think Anthony Richardson, who has bulked up to 255 pounds, uh, apparently. Wow. Jay, the report is he's up to 255. It's like 10, 14 more pounds than he was at the combine. And he's just ready wow. to roll. It's crazy. I'm all in. I'm glad that you can't see what's below the desk. I'm all in, Jay. <laughs> I am all in. All right, Jay. The best things that we saw, the absolute best thing that I saw on Twitter this weekend from NFL training camp. I think it's the best story. I'm most excited about this. And I'm just so happy for this player, man. 
John Mechie, back on the field, Jay. Uh, recovered from his bout with Ooh. cancer, missed his entire rookie season, and he's on the field practicing, and this is an absolutely disgusting route. Nasty work. Y'all know y'all know the, the slogan, nasty work. I'm going to get that on a shirt, nasty work. Um, John Mechie, back, playing with the Texans, Jay. I don't care what he does this year production-wise. I'm just happy to see this young man get a chance to fulfill and live his dream because I can I, I can't imagine how difficult that was to come back from. Best sure. thing that I saw on Twitter this weekend, John Mechie on the practice field. Excited for that young man. And on an offense that doesn't really have a guy, I want a little Mechie. Give me a little Mechie, man. I like it. He was good. Second round pick. They're going. This isn't a feel-good story. This isn't Houston no. drafted them with a second round pick just to have him there and feel good about it. He's going to play and he's talented. He's a phenomenal receiver. How you feeling about Mechie? I'm excited, man. You know, I was a big, I was a big Mechie guy. Um, people who don't remember from last year, I was a big Mechie guy. Really like his abilities in the slot. Um, they do have a Robert Woods. I think he can learn some things from, but with some more juice, right? right? Coming out of Alabama, he was kind of the forgotten man with a bunch of very talented receivers around him, but he stuck around, right? Like we don't give enough credit to the guys who stick around like a Brian Robinson who literally never played for three straight years. Fourth year finally gets a chance. John Mechie's kind of the same playing with Devontae Smith and, you know, so all these other talented guys around him. And he still was able to produce, and his numbers weren't great, and that's why people knock him, but he was a second-round pick, and he is talented, and now, at least, he has a quarterback. Last year, he had Davis Mills, and now he's got C.J. Stroud, and while they haven't committed to Stroud yet, for some reason, he will be the quarterback over the long term. I yes. think Mechie can do some good things with him in the slot. Yeah, and Ike also reminded us that Houston traded up for Mechie as well. Um, yep. So just, I'm just happy to see that young man play. I'm excited for John Mechie, but the biggest hype, Jay, the biggest hype, of training the camp. The story that will there, never go away. There ever. is a lot of hype right now. The biggest hype right now, and I, I think it's for real. We'll talk about it. Oh, you I in? think it's for real. <laughs> Justin Ross. Justin Ross out here turning heads. I mean, this is just, I mean, that's, I don't give a damn if it's practice or a game. To make that catch uh, with that side of coverage, A, Mahomes is just ridiculous. It just shows uh, how good he is. But the catch, uh, Jay, Let's talk Justin Ross for a second because we all understand how difficult it is for third round, fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round wide receivers to make an impact in fantasy football, yeah. Jay. It's just a bet that you normally just do not want to take. It's a bet that's probably not going to work out well. So hard for those guys to get on the field. Uh, John Mechie hasn't played meaningful football in over two and a half years. There was the injuries that he suffered. A lot of people didn't think he would play. Neck injury, spinal issues, missing time yep. at Clemson. We have not seen him play in a long time, but now he's on the field. He's out there with Kansas City, and he's not only getting reps with the first team. When Kadarius Tony went out, the report was Andy Reid and OC said, eight, get in. They're, they're yep. You get in. You're running with the ones. I don't give a damn what any fantasy analyst says. I don't care, Jay. You can talk about historical hit rate all you want, this and that. The team and everybody that you follow around Kansas City said this is for real. He's going to get an opportunity and he's going to play. How you feeling about Justin Ross, man? 
I'm, I'd say I feel optimistic about him. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm happy for the kid, right? We weren't even sure if he's even going to be able to play, make the NFL, period. Not to mention just actually getting on the field. But I think what people need to remember is that he got a three-year deal with Kansas City. He's not just some guy who showed up last year on drafted free agent. Like, they actually signed right. him to a deal. And he broke his foot last year. He didn't play. So it's not only he's just coming in and trying to earn a spot on the roster. Yes, he is still trying to do that. But at the same time, he's also been in the system, learning the playbook, in the building, with the trainers, with the staff. And when you're talking about undrafted guys sticking around, that to me is really what matters. And if you have a Justin Ross, who again, you talk about all these guys on the team, He's 6'4", 210. Like, he is completely different than every other archetype of player, whether it's Rasheed Rice, who's only 6'1", Sky Moore, who's like 5'11", Richie James, who's like 5'10". Like, all these guys are smaller. They do have Justin Watson, who I'm curious how they feel about because we have seen him get on the field a little bit to block and run some routes. But if Justin Ross can be the outside threat and beat out almost MVS middle of the year, dude would be an absolute steal. So I'm not saying don't get Justin Ross, but I think the problem is, is since the time at Clemson, there's been so much hype around this kid. You can't really get him for cheap. Like, Ray, I don't think we're paying second-round picks to no, get Justin not, Ross, but that might be what it takes, unfortunately, I, I, if not, you did want to buy him today. I'm not advocating anybody to buy or... I'm not saying... Any, all I'm talking about is football. I'm not talking about no buy-sell. Mm -hmm. What I'm talking about is... They are giving this young man an opportunity to play. And if I were going to bet on any NFL team to not give a damn about draft capital, play the best player, it's Andy Reid in Kansas City. From Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, look at the receivers that they've brought in. They are going to play mm -hmm. the best player. I trust Andy Reid and that coaching staff to put the best player on the field. And everything that we've heard coming out of Kansas City is He's one of the best receivers that they have. Now, to yeah. be fair, every Kansas City wide receiver is getting pumped up. Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, Richie James, Travis Kelsey, Noah Gray, Noah Gray. getting some pump, everybody. So you got to be able to parse through this. But if Justin Ross is on the 53, if he's looking like one of those top receiving options, I'm happy and I'm interested because he's going to get a chance to play. I don't care the draft. This whole draft capital concept and idea to a degree, I'm all in. I get it. I understand it. But once that's been proven to sort of be irrelevant, then I'm not hanging on to it. I don't care if he's a UDFA. We did the same shit with Armin Ross St. Brown. Oh, he's a fourth-round pick. Yep. Not going to work. Not going to work now. He's wide receiver three in Dynasty. If Ross is going to get an opportunity with Kansas City to get on the field and play, and you're not paying attention to that, you're not taking that into consideration when you press draft, you're not taking that into consideration when you're thinking about a trade, then you are doing it wrong. The team is telling you everything you need to know about the player. They're giving him every opportunity to get on the field and make an impact. And because of that, I'm in on Justin Ross. We'll see how it plays out. Not saying I'm in. He's wide receiver one. He's a top 10 guy. But am I in for him being an impactful player for Kansas City? I think at least one weekend, I'd say the answer to that question is yes. He's more real than fake fodder to me. I really believe that. 
Yeah, and this is, again, the situation like the 49ers quarterback. It's a situation we chase, right? We we want the receiver that's going to get the ball from Mahomes, and you have to you know, be ahead of the curve a little bit. And this is a spot where we've been hunting it forever because we know it's Kelsey, but there's still targets behind that. And when it was Tyreek Hill, there was a lot of targets to that one player. So you still want to look at this situation. We know that Sky Moore will get his and, and probably will be the first crack at it, especially in the slot. But if Ross can carve out a roll outside, he could be great for fantasy. Maybe not, like you're saying, like even a wide receiver two, wide receiver three, but he will return a lot more value than you'd be getting for him today. And that's the big takeaway here and why you have to pay attention. And this goes for all situations. It's why you don't ignore bad passing situations or bad quarterback play because there's always going to be opportunities for volume in any offense. You just have to figure out what the risk is in taking on that option. And in the case of Ross, we know the upside. I mean, if Mahomes, Mahomes can make anybody a wide receiver one at that point, and it's not going to get probably to that high, but there's definitely a lot of upside to a Justin Ross in Kansas City, and especially a year two Justin Ross in Kansas City, um, because I think the development will be there for Ross, and more importantly for him, the health going into the into his really his rookie season will be big for him as well. Yeah, I'm just, I think this is the year we've been chasing Kansas City wide receivers, it feels like, for years, uh, especially... As when Tyreek Hill left last year, we're trying to figure out who's going to be the guy. Who are they going to play next to Tyreek Hill? Can they get another receiver? It feels like this year most people are kind of out on the KC receiving core, which yep. means they're going to be the. That we're finally going to get good ones out of KC. The, the year that everybody's kind of, I don't want any of those guys. Fucking, we get two of them that are like, oh man, they really got some good players. So uh, again, happy to see Ross on the field, and I think there's more realness to this being a thing than it just being a good story. The kid can play. We knew he could play at Clemson. Had he not had the next injury, he would have been a first-round pick, probably yeah. a top-15 type receiver. And Kansas City is invested in this young man. He's getting the opportunity, so I am in on Justin Ross uh, at where he is right now at cost. A couple of other uh, names I just want to bring up real quick to get your thoughts on, Jay. Odell Beckham Jr., getting a lot of buzz. Ravens camp, how you feeling about OBJ? Uh, I guess cautiously optimistic. I mean, it's good for Lamar, right? That's the same. As long as LBJ is healthy, have you hopefully, seen any Odell Beckham stuff? Or are you just making this up on the fly? No, I haven't. I don't. I, I, don't I was going to say this felt, Odell Beckham. When you start off, ah, that that automatically because again, told me, it's a, uh, you've but seen you can, nothing. But from you can Odell watch Beckham Odell Beckham. We we know what Odell Beckham can do. He's got the you've best hands nothing. in football, probably of anybody. Mm. So we know what he can do, but he doesn't. He doesn't do it on the field, right? Think about all the years he was with Baker. And it, and he, and we thought Baker was the problem. It seemed like it sometimes Odell was the problem because he was good, he was okay on the Rams, pretty good on the Rams. Tears ACL. Now you want to? Are we really believing in Odell in what year like twelve, coming off two ACL injuries? And he said it's going to be his last year this year. Okay. So are um, you are you buying into Odell off clips? Yeah. Come Is on. that a yes? You're buying into Odell I mean, off it's clips? It's not. I mean, he's healthy. He's uh, what are you talking about? He's healthy. He's healthy today. He hasn't been healthy for like three years. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's go to Tennessee. Let's talk about another thing. Do you have you watched anything from Tennessee? Do you know anything about the Titans? Or do you, do, no, have you no, seen no, any? No. Okay. No. Let me tell no. the people out there right now in Tennessee, Traylon Burks and Ode, uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins look good. Both these players look good. I tweeted it out. I think there's a sneaky chance that Traylon Burks is the best receiver in Tennessee. So my question to you, Jay, is. Have we underrated this Tennessee offense a little bit? Because both Burks and Hopkins are looking really good in practice, saying the chemistry is getting better with Ryan Tannehill. If Hopkins is Hopkins, and if Traylon Burks can take that step forward, you've got Derrick Henry in the backfield. Are we overlooking this situation a little bit, Jay? What do you think? 
I don't think we're overlooking it a little bit. It's just we can't project the passing volume for this offense. And I think that's where um, when I dove into the Titans and what the offense could look like, if Hopkins is the one, Burks is probably still a competent two. Um, you know, in terms of fantasy and ranking, he's be probably back end wide receiver three, wide receiver four, depending on touchdowns. But if you're talking about an equal target share, because again, Ray, if they're, it depends on the passing volume. If they pass the ball 550 times, it's much different if they pass the ball 500 times, right? So it's it's balancing how much they pass and how much they can get to. Because if Hopkins is going to be Hopkins, that's a 26, 30% target share which is about 120 targets in their present offense. And Burks would see about 100 of those being the wide receiver two in the offense. And that's not enough targets to really be viable for fantasy. But if the tradition of these old aging wide receivers coming to Tennessee and sucking holds true again, then Traylon Burks will be a massive value because he will be the guy who gets all the work, the downfield targets, the touchdowns that we expected from Burks coming into the year before Hopkins. It just depends on how they divvy up the targets and what the pass volume looks like. I think we could be underrating a little bit, especially to your point about Burks, if he is the one massively undervalued. But literally, since DeAndre Hopkins signed in Tennessee, his ADP has actually gone up on underdog, which tells you a lot about how people feel about the situation because in theory it's not a great spot but if the volume's there it could be okay it just depends on how much you pass so you have to make the decision right. how much do you believe they pass this season because that's what's going to drive the volume and then if you believe burks is the one he's a massive value burks and more. is overrated burks or more jay rich who would you take who has more yards you burks have to take more? more you have to take more you have to take more he's the one on his offense unequivocally and burks we we hope he can be but we don't we don't expect it to be at least right now and this is something that the fantasy community actually does get right a lot we don't necessarily get the rankings right but usually we can nail the pecking order to some degree with some of these players jay i'm gonna just do because i'm i'm, I'm curious i'm gonna just give you some numbers over under that's all i want you to say over under okay 725 and a half for Traylon burks over under i have him for just over i believe i have for 800 over, just say over under. Just do do what I ask you for the. There's a reason. Over under seven twenty five for Traylon Burks. Over. Over under five seventy five for Odell Beckham. Five hundred and seventy five. Don't have yards. to finish it. Under. 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 Mark Andrews, Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, Nelson Aguilar. Under. Okay. Odell Beckham Jr. Over under five ninety nine and a half for Zay Flowers. I would take the over there. First round receivers have been averaging like seven hundred yards a season for the past few years. Last one. Over under eight twenty five and a half for DJ Moore. That's so tough. Um, DJ Moore's range of outcomes is so wide. I think if I was picking a side, I would pick the over. But I don't feel great about it. I don't feel great about it. I think just the range of outcomes for DJ Moore is extremely wide. He could these easily have a thousand interesting, yards. Interesting, man. But these, it's, these the, if if the books if you're tell telling, you how they feel, have... eight hundred with no action. It's eight hundred. It's been sitting at eight hundred for weeks for DJ Moore. Zero movement. Zero. Or I think it's been. I think it's slightly moved when I looked at it like last night. Jack, can I give you one more? Over like, can I just give you one absolutely. more? I'm just curious what you think. Let's make can a I slip. You, can I give you one more? I give you one more. Who you want, Darren Waller or Calvin Ridley? Calvin Ridley, because it's so easy. 925 so and a half. Over. Over. It's over. You are all Ray. in on Calvin Dude, Ridley. Dude, Calvin Ridley is so good. And like the and him going, him going in an interview and saying, I just want respect on my name back. Like the dude is just like, I am still him. I'm still Calvin Ridley. I just want people to respect who I am and my ability. Okay. And again, Ray, 
Trevor Lawrence, I don't know what the exact number is, threw the ball like 630 times last year. And all you're asking him to do is get 1,000 yards? I mean, I mean, cheese curd uh, bandit did say that the O-line is a bit of an issue because they do have, they did miss, they lost a piece that went to Kansas City and then they also have a guy who's suspended. So some issues there, but Ridley, man, I know people still like Christian Kirk, but I'm not all in on the clips, but you know, I've been a Ridley guy for a long time. I have to take the over yes, on Ridley. Have. Have, to, yes, have, have to, have to, have to, have to. Love Ridley. Love Ridley. Well, we should, uh, we ought to do a show just looking at these lines. I think there's some ex very exploitable lines over here on prize picks with some discrepancies between the books and what they're giving you. We ought to do this show uh, sometime, Jay. But that's it. That is week one, training camp, wake up show in the books. My girl Joe asked us last show, Jay, when do we go back to three days a week? We are doing that, I think in two weeks, two weeks, we get back to three days a week, two or three okay. weeks. We're going back to three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday over here on Wake Up. Jay, we, had over we got over 500 people in the stream Smash today, the like. man. Shout out to all the people, all the love over here yes, on Wake sir. Up. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button, comment below. Uh, let us know what you thought about the show, the players, Daniel Jones, Justin Herbert, all the guys, Jonathan Taylor in particular. For those of you who jumped in the show late, we discussed Jonathan Taylor probably about the 35-minute mark of the show, but I'll go back through, timestamp this bad boy. Make sure you check out Destination Devi Radio. Uh, Scott Connor yep. with JJ, Mr. Airhorn. Yep. Mr. Great. Airhorn himself, it's the true, late yeah, J.J. Zacharyson, our good friend. Uh, make sure you check out Destination Dynasty. Jay's show, Straight to the Bank, dropping this Tuesday. Uh, I did not drop Untitled last weekend because I was in Mississippi. But mm -hmm. this week, Untitled, Jay, you had asked what the title of that show is. It's why I'm quitting all my Dynasty Leagues, man. That is going to be the title of the episode on Saturday. Jay, I'm out. I'm deucing from just about all of my dynasty leagues, and I will let everybody know why uh, this Saturday. Still love it. Still going to have a good time, but that's going to be the show this Saturday. Remember, we talked about it at the top of the show, the Rookie Report coming back mm -hmm. over here on the channel this week where I will be tracking and following nothing but Rookie Talk all NFL season from preseason week one, uh, training camp week one through week 18 of the NFL season. So that will drop on the channel this week. Jay, straight to the bank, overreaction, off the line, 4D chess, untitled. Yep. We got a lot of good stuff over here at Destination Devi. And don't forget about the free newsletter that Brandon runs. Link in the description, all gas newsletter, free 99. Sign up for that. Can't wait to announce some more great things that we have coming. Jay, anything you want to say to people before we get out of here? I got the super chats. I got okay, them, I was going to say, I got them. I got them. Everyone in the chat is super chat, super chat, super chat. But no, yeah, I, I don't got yeah, anything. I Just got do, do listen to Scott and uh, JJ. Listen to it this morning. Phenomenal pod. Uh, JJ talked about some best ball strategy, and they talked about the Scott Fish Bowl, unique league scoring, and how they approach it. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of things that Scott preaches, but from a different angle, right? Because JJ does do a lot of redraft stuff. And I think as much as we love Dynasty, this is a year-to-year -year game. It's a year-to-year -year game, and you, if you approach it that way, you will be a lot better off in a lot of ways. And so I think in hearing JJ's approach and how he approaches some of his redraft leagues, you can apply the same principles to Dynasty mm -hmm. with a slightly different twist. So definitely turn into that. That dropped this morning. Phenomenal pod. Shout out to JJ and Scott. They both did a great job on that. And I believe Scott also mentioned on the pod he'll be going live tonight doing an, a Pros vs. Joe FFPC draft, and he'll be live streaming that uh, against JJ. So that's kind of part of the reason why they got together. Yeah. They're doing that draft. To, yeah, they're doing that draft together. And so go. I wanted to pub that as well. So lots of good things coming. But uh, yeah, Ray, get to the Super Chats because we did miss those Well, it's last only week. one, but it, it came earlier. It's the only one I saw. Oaktown's finest. Uh, what's good, fellas? So my fantasy draft is next month and wanted to know if you guys do the tier system for players on Patreon. 
Yes, that's all we do on Patreon. It's tier. It's a whole. Di- it's a whole different philosophy for how I rank players. Yeah. Uh, I don't go one through one hundred. I think that's a disservice. I think you have to categorize them of what archetype of player, what you're getting. Are you getting a threshold receiver? Are you getting an elite light guy? Are you getting a dynamic difference maker? So we tier them. We rank inside the tiers. That's how I do them. I don't go one through 100. We'll never do that ever again, especially when it comes to running back. A much different system in which we rank players, um, but that is in Patreon. So you can go to patreon.com forward slash all gas to get access to that. Mm-hmm. Seven bucks a month, you get access to those ranks. So uh, pretty cheap cost for all the shit that we give people um, for our uh, for our service. But I think I got it. That was the only one. That was the only one I saw. If I missed one, let me know. But uh, yeah, Jay, good show. Good show. Yep. Yep, it was it was good, man. I mean, I'm hoping we have health this week, right? We had a lot of potential injuries. We'll see what happens with JT and the running backs. It seems like this is a never-ending soap opera. Um, but I believe Hard Knocks starts this week yep, or this next week. week? Hard very Knocks. soon, very soon. So excited for that because everyone wants to know what's going on with the Jets. Um, but a lot to still shake out with training camp. So we'll see. Lots of things going on. They want the prize pick season-long back show. We can do that. Yes, um, we that, will that's do that. pretty easy to put together. Yeah, we can do that. I can pull the book lines and pull the price picks lines and go from there. Um, we can do that show. That'll be lots of fun. Maybe I'll do that as a pod as well and talk about that. But lots of things on the way. Three, day, three days a week. It's coming, people. Don't worry. It's coming. But uh, we got to do a few more things on the back end before we get there. But lots of good things on the way. I'm very excited for everything coming in 23. It will be bigger and better than ever. And it is all because of you, the people, for it. And we just can't thank you enough, man. Can't Love thank you all. enough. Because that's that makes the show what it is. It's, you Love people y'all. being here every single morning. We'll see y'all on uh, see y'all on Monday. Stay tapped in everything. Thumbs up, like, subscribe. Be great, y'all. Love y'all. We out. Peace. Before y'all close off of the video, I just want to say thank you for checking out the content on Destination Devi. Really appreciate every single view that we get. And the only thing that I ask is that you hit the thumbs up button, like the content, subscribe to the channel. And if you can, comment below for the algorithm really helps the channel grow. Now, if you want more exclusive access to me and the entire Destination Devi team, patreon.com forward slash all gas gives you that access. Now, if your money's a little funny, we do have free content for you. Make sure you subscribe to the All Gas newsletter. There's a link in the description of this video below. And subscribe to the Destination Debbie podcast radio feed where we got all types of shows hitting airwaves every single week. Now y'all can get out of here. I appreciate y'all tapping in. It's All Gas all the time. I love y'all. I'm out of this thing. Peace.